Philadelphia. I'm Joel Embiid. Like, I want the ball. You can use John with anything. You could be like, yo, them Johns is hot. Them your shoes, you know what I'm saying? So it can mean anything. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Fly Zone. This is episode 23. I love that I just surprised Sean. I'm just going into that thing. <laughs> We're episode 23 right here. The Philadelphia-centric podcast from the people, for the people, FUBU, not Carl Kanai. And we're talking all things Philly, sports, news, social, culture, topics, everything going on in the city from us to you. And um, listen, we're episode 23. We're actually at NFL Draft Week. Week of. A lot of things going on on down. We actually will be at the draft party at the link. So, Howie, if you mess up, we in your house, we will burn it down. And these are these are not threats. These, let's Period. put that These are not threats. <laughs> it's like this, 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 these this are is promises. Truth. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Don't mess this money up. Thank you guys for listening. And if you want to listen to us more, however you listen to us now, keep doing it. But also, you can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, the YouTube channel, everywhere around. And showing on social media, where can they catch us out on Twitter and Instagram? On Instagram, they can tap in with us at the dot fly zone. On Twitter, we're at the fly zone. Make sure you are tapping with us each and every week. And please, please, please stay tuned for this YouTube channel. We're still working it out, but we're going to get it done for right, you. We should we get it. We're getting, yeah, we get it together. getting it together. And speaking of getting together and tapping in, the roster of the Sixers actually showed up. Surprisingly. Um, <laughs> Congratulations, shocker. y'all. They showed up to work. Sh- shocker. <laughs> now, we, they weren't intact. Danny Green is, was still MIA. When is he not? Yeah. But. Ben Simmons returned to the lineup after a week off. Joel Embiid played, even though he has his knee and shoulder injury. Seth Curry played. Tobias Harris played. And they beat the Thunder in a 121 to 90. I would say that's the yeah, mileage. They, I yeah, they got demolished smacked. them. It was no part. It wasn't, it wasn't even, horrible. even in the times where it was close, it still never felt like it was close. It was yeah. never close. There, there was no threat to the game. It's like watching like the um, like the JV squad versus like not even, not even the varsity squad. Like they just. They brought in like fucking Duke to play yeah. the JV squad yeah. of West. <laughs> like it was, it was like you didn't belong on the yeah. same floor. They kept the turnovers ridiculous. I'm sitting there watching Thunder. I'm like, do y'all know how to play basketball? The turnovers. I saw the worst air ball in my life. One At of the one worst. Point. It was in the fourth quarter. You remember yeah. that? It was his air ball in the fourth quarter where he shot. There was a rebound. They got the offensive rebound. They hit the guy in the corner. He shot it. It went far left and underneath the basket. I said, <laughs> was wait. Was he trying to miss? So your aim, your aim, and your like strength, arm strength is off. You can't even reach the basket, and you far left. And I said, I, was, I rewound. I went. I, I rewound got removed. I said that couldn't have been real. Yeah, that couldn't be real. And I was like, he really like. Maybe we should get him a Fisher yeah, Price. I've seen, uh, I see, I seen it. And he I can, seen that, June. It was. It was ugly. It was ugly. At one point, I, I, I'm like, are they seriously paying these guys for this? Because they ain't doing shit. I can't. Yeah, do that's right crazy. They was all a bunch of Kevin Love's last night. I don't know if you saw that Kevin Love video clip of he did last night, but that's what the, the whole Thunder roster was at. What the fuck did Kevin Love do? And like Kevin Love, <laughs> I guess he don't want to be in Cleveland no more or what? So they losing, of course, because right. Cavaliers. He is the inbounds guy. He had the baseline. He's well throw it into Colin Sexton, but Colin Sexton wasn't over there yet. So the referee says a oh, ball in, and then Kevin Love takes the ball. And he just thro- throws it to the t- the guy from the to like I think he's playing uh, the Bucks. So he just goes like this, flips it to the guy from the Bucks, and starts walking like. <laughs> and then the guy from the Bucks does a uh, he passes to the other guy. He do alley oop dunk, and he, Kevin Love just sitting there like he didn't go after it. He just threw Yo. it in. He didn't care. He just was like I'm over <laughs> this. 
He's wild, man. Yo, get that man out He's of Cleveland, wild. please. Get him out of Cleveland. I mean, he got. I mean, Kevin Love has is a ski mask. He's a nigga. Like Kevin Love has been paid heavily off of the tails of LeBron back yeah, in Cleveland out. several he's times. Out. He's fun. Uh, he just needs to. I don't know. I, I maybe you know need how, to pull well, some kind of knee injury. Is, but I can kind of feel for him because he probably want to compete. He still, he probably like, man, I ain't washed up completely. I still want to compete. These guys over here ain't doing shit. Can you want to compete if you're not competing on the floor? I think he if he was competition is still on it. I mean, game. yeah, but I feel like he probably know Cleveland ain't going nowhere. He probably feel like I mean, I want to go somewhere where I got a chance to at least make the playoffs. These guys ain't doing; they ain't making nothing happen. I mean, none, none, well, That ain't the way to go about it. <laughs> ain't no team gonna want you. You doing shit like that? That was probably the most miserable clip I seen in my life. <laughs> he was just like, take it. Go ahead. Then he, then he watched the dunk, and he looked like that was a nice dunk. Like you know, he didn't care. He was just checked out. I said, wow, I never seen this in my life. I know people phoning in, and you know, we both has, we both play like high school sports. You know when you're losing, and you're still competing, but you're just going through the motion. Like we, didn't, I didn't get the yeah. obvious game. Like, like you know, over yet? Like you don't, you don't say right. it. You don't, you don't do make it obvious. Maybe you were not running as full speed because you're trying to get tired, you're trying to go home. But you ain't gonna sit there and say, "Oh yeah, take the, have an actual turnover." You hand it, got a ball. You like watch you sit up, man, for the yeah, dunk. No, on. Hell no, I'm surprised he didn't get cussed out for that. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, you better off doing what I used to do. I just fake an ankle sprain, <laughs> give you the game. <laughs> Let me find out you had fake injuries. Now I'm done. Y'all suck. We played Camden. I ain't, I ain't not here with these girls. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm out right. here being with the cherry hole white girls of right. West. Listen, when we played Camden, sometimes like, listen. listen. I ain't got nothing for y'all. Listen, they ain't gonna embarrass me. Right. On now you ain't gonna have me on. Yeah, me had me on tape. Like, no, come on. Sure. Anyway. <laughs> The Sixers did once. Be, who was on take? The Sixers did beat the Thunder. Like I said, one twenty-one and ninety. Joe on beat twenty-one points, five rebounds, one assist. Tobias Harris eleven points, four rebounds, four assists. Ben Simmons has returned twelve points, three rebounds, four assists. And they were a lot, saying a lot of good things about Ben Simmons' return. Doc Rivers said the first his, he was so missed because a lot of his driving causes all these three-point attempts that we've been missing in these games. Overall, the team had. 33 steals, which was about to 30. If we would have had 38, we would have actually had Sixers record for the most one game, but we didn't mm. get there. Probably because we had to put the backups in for like the whole quarter and a half in the yeah. game. Uh, That's probably yeah. exactly why. But at the yeah, we could have we could have broke the record last night. The way the Thunder was playing, they didn't want to be there. Hell no. But after all these games without Simmons and B, Curry and Harris and Green over the past few weeks, Sean. Um, you know, we are about to get into a 11-game stretch here with the rest of the season. You, What are your major concerns about this team? Is it chemistry because they haven't played together? Is it just a mindset thing? What are your major concerns going into the last little stretch here of the season? I wouldn't say that I'm more so concerned about um, chemistry, just more so like their mentality. I want them to come in locked in for the playoffs. And the way you do that is finish the season strong. So out of these last 11 games, I want them to at least win about like, six to eight of them because I think you definitely got to finish strong head into the playoffs but I'm more so concerned about George Hill running that second that second unit um I want him to get more I want him not to start but I want him to get more time off the bench just to get in the flow of things just to know how that second unit run and I want to see him and shake together more I want to see how him and shake the shake uh play off each other because <laughs> I think essentially he's going why are you laughing are you laughing at shake <laughs> I'm laughing because I visualize Shake Milton burning in hell. Oh shit! Every game. <laughs> so I don't want to see. I, I I told you several games ago. I'm done with Shake. I that wasn't me being dramatic. I'm serious. I want nothing. I have between him and Mike Scott. I don't know who has regressed more this season. Probably Mike. This is the worst basketball I've seen Mike Scott play 
in his yeah, career. Don't like Shake Milton for the entirety of the season has been out of control. He brings no composure to the offense. He's out there being a gun at times. When he can't find a shot, he's just looking to find it in these wild ways. His IQ on the floor has been horrible. The turnovers have been unforgivable. And when you bring when you bring Maxi in, his composure. I want to see George Hill get get because obviously he's our backup point for guard real, for, for real. real. And I want every single minute you give to Shake Milton to be given to Maxi after George Hill comes off the floor. <laughs> it's it's horrible. I'm done. It doesn't even matter that Shake can sometimes catch fire. Eighty percent of the time he's not. And the twenty percent of the time he is, it ain't that deep. Where it's like forty points mm-hmm. or whatever points. He go off so like I spurts. will. I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm fine with just Maxi George Hill being the primary backup and Maxi backing him up because Shakes turnovers, his lack of composure, his lack of IQ on the floor is going to cost us in games that matter, which means the playoffs. I'm not about here to even in the blowout last night. He still was all over the place. Yeah. You're literally playing against a B squad. You still can't look good. Yeah, I mean, Shake Shake has definitely declined, but I'm more so concerned with uh, not concerned rather, but I just want to I just want George Hill get acclimated with the offense and the reserves, um, because I think he's going to be huge for the playoffs. We're going we're going to massive, massive. We do, he, we we definitely need him. I mean, even though his offense is steadily coming along, and that's going to come with mm-hmm. comfortability and time. His defense, his defense already looks to, up to par to me. The way he's. Like, in front of the scene, in front of people, everything else. So he had a lot of the steals last night to 33. Um, my biggest issue, and you already know, because when we talked last time, well, I think two episodes ago, you we talked about Ben Simmons, and I said that he ain't the fucking problem. And again, I deep dove, because what? Of course, of, course <laughs> of course you did. The Sixers, when MB and Simmons are together on the floor this year, we're 28 and 6. Yeah. And I told you, they aren't the problem. It's the bums <laughs> around them. So I'm going to give you the point totals because, of course, you know, I'll, if you listen from work, I ain't in the work today. I was a stat crunching. I ain't do a damn thing. <laughs> I'm going to give you the last 10 games points totals for Seth and then Danny Green. Okay? Period. Period. On period. So uh, from the Pelicans game up until the Thunder game of last night, this was Steph Curry's point totals. From which game? From the Thunder game? Against the Pelicans. Uh, Pelicans. From the Pelicans game 10 games ago to the Thunder okay. currently. Zero points in one game. And that game was not a game where you got hurt. He literally had zero effing points. Then he came back and he had 11 points. Then he had eight points. Then he had five points. Then he missed the next game. Then he had 15 in a, the only time he showed a pulse of life against his brother. And he got washed mm-hmm. anyway. He started hot. And just like every time you start hot, you faded. He only had three attempts in the second half against your, the Curry shootout. My ass. So after 15, you don't play again. You come out and do 11 against the Bucks, 13 against the Bucks, and then nine last night. And you're a shooter. Now we go to Danny Green, the other shooter, against the Pelicans, eight points. And after the game, he, after the Pelicans game, he didn't play. Then he gives you six fucking points. Then he gives you seven points in a whole game. Then he gives you 11 points, 12 points. Then he pops to 18. I get some bums. Then he has literally zero points, just like seven. <laughs> in a game where he played from start to finish. Then he gives us five points against the Bucks last game. Five in the whole game. And he didn't play last night. This is my concern. This is my problem. Our MVP is going to give us the 30 points. Our defensive player of the year is going to give us these eight steals and these, all these assists. These other bums 
who unfortunately are our shooters on top of that, you're our actual scorers, don't score. And when they start hot, they fade. I'd rather you be a gun than to do two attempts. I'd rather you go out shooting. Seriously. That's my problem. Because all we're going to exist in in reality is in the playoffs, they're going to double and trap and beat to all end. He's going to pass out to these wide open bums, and they're either going to miss or pass the ball because apparently they're too afraid to shoot. Steph Curry attempted three shots in the whole of the game last night. That's my problem. No, that is a problem. That is a problem. That is a problem. Calm down. I got some, I got some cam notes. <laughs> no, that is a problem. The only and I can't honestly, I can't even say nothing to, to really come to their defense. I just got to hope that because they have experience and, and they are veterans, especially Danny Green, playoff time come. Oh, you think they're reserving they still, the energy? No. Uh, no. They're about to get a sense no, of being in the playoffs, no, Super Saiyan on no, or something? But I, the, the playoffs, the playoffs you, you either show up or go home. So they ain't got no choice but to show the, show the hell up. I feel like in and the playoffs, they ain't got no choice but to not, show up. Again, it's not about the scoring. It's not even about the scoring, which is a problem. It's a, it's a lack of attempts to me. You're not even trying to score. You came out hot against your brother, Steph. You was putting on this whole back-and-forth show. And in the second half of that game, you only had four points. So, But you only had two so more let attempts. let me ask you this. Do you think that – because they – because I'm not – to be honest, they've been bad for a while. They've been bad. Even those couple last – those couple games oh, yeah. you just you just pulled out, they've even been bad before then. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Do you think it's the coach's job or the coaching staff's job? To, to to mix that up because I feel like because I feel like if I'm, you, pretty, I, well, I'm, I'm thinking in my in my mind and you tell me if, if, if you sound like, if you think I'm crazy is in my mind if I'm coaching and you're just you're just playing bad like you're not producing I'm going to give somebody else a shot I'm gonna give somebody else a shot I don't care who it is if it's a rookie whoever it is I'm gonna give somebody else a shot even if for nothing else just to put a fire up under you just maybe just even for that but if you're playing bad that bad that long consistently I gotta give somebody else a shot. But the problem is, they have, the stars haven't played enough games, and you can just play this. We don't have eighty-two games a season. We all we also know that these people need to play build chemistry together. We have eleven games left before the playoffs start. We can't be out here. If we had eighty-two games, I would agree with you. But I think Doc understands and we understand that we're not going to ever start Corkmas in the playoff game. He has to have Danny Green set the hell up. That's the problem. We don't really have another a natural two guard behind Seth. Maxie's a point guard. George Hill's a point guard. So they're trying to hammer into them, step the hell up, because, like, we only have 11 games left for you to build your give-and-go chemistry with Embiid. We only have we don't, we only have a couple more games left for Danny. You get comfortable coming on the screen of Ben Simmons and popping a three. And I trust these coaches. No, I think, so do I. I think I Doc like is a great coach. And I, so I think they're telling them. This is the same way they tell us. Or they t- they're telling Ben Simmons to shoot. They're telling them to do this. I think they're telling them. I think when they get down the floor, they just lose, they're out of their comfortability. I've, we both watched the games. We've seen several times – where Seth Curry could have shot it. We've seen several times where they had a water lane to drive into a floater, and they just chose mm-hmm. to not. And you're like, what are you doing? I think that when playoff time come, they ain't going to have no choice but to turn that shit up. And if they don't, it'll be telling. And if they don't, they'll be, well, they're going to have to replace them next season. Yeah, it'll yeah. be too late. But And I already feel like, I already feel like MVP next season, year. I know. I'm, and I'm just, I'm, and I, I, it makes me kind of upset a little bit, too, because MB's having a great season, the best season he's ever had. Mm-hmm. And if... If this doesn't turn over into next season, say he has a bad, like an off, not an off year, but just not as not as good year, it's gonna make me mad. Because when he was in his zone, when he was in his zone, he was doing his thing. Y'all niggas wasn't stepping up. And this is what we've been talking about before the trade deadline episodes. We talked about before trade deadline where we wanted a shooter, we wanted to get another person there because we saw it coming. We saw this was our issue. We kept talking, banging the table for a shooter. We kept banging the table for a scorer. 
We wanted that because we knew we can't trust yeah. these. And not to be funny, but they both yeah. light skin. And you know what? <laughs> Listen, we all know about them light skins. Okay. <laughs> I ain't gonna get into it. <laughs> but the light skins are the problem. Yeah. Of this team right now. We got a light skin See, problem. We got a whole light all skin problem right now. <laughs> Y'all little light skin community get a light skin uh, community. So... Come together and get your shit. Please Woo. do something. The light skin community is Woo. losing right now. So that's my major concern that this I mean Tobias had ten points last night. I don't even get into that because I don't want to get into him. He came back off injury. I'm not going into that. He's done enough this year, so I feel like he's going to figure it out. Play on time. My thing is, so I, yeah, so I feel like he's he has enough in him to rely. You know, you have something to pull from. Let's say you're um you're a corner, you out there, whatever. But you know, you have speed. You always know you can. You, if you're just a fast corner, even though you have great technique, I can rely on my speed to catch up or whatever. I get burnt. Once you know you have your foundation, it doesn't matter. Tobias is a good enough resume for the calendar year to know. If this ain't working, I can do this. If this ain't working, because he's pulled from that 28-point games. My problem is these shooters don't even have that. Yeah. I mean, Danny Green had a great game in L.A. He, when he got scored over 25 points, that was one time all year. How is Danny confidently saying in the mirror when he wakes up, I can drop 25, 30 a night? You know you're not. And the crazy, and that's what? so disappointing about Seth, because Seth started the year out hot. I'm thinking, like, I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, this, I'm like, yo, ain't going to be too many people fucking with us. Seth started the year out hot. Danny Green has been Danny Green since the start of the season. But Seth, and I don't, and I don't yeah. want to put it on COVID. I don't want to say, oh, since he got COVID, because it's players that other players on other teams who caught COVID came back, took them some time, but they got it together. I.e., uh, Jason Tatum. Tatum just dropped fifty-three points. The last week, man. Like- so it's not this. I so I'm not even going to give him that. That I'm not going to give him that out. Seth just got to step up. He's got to step up. And honestly, Seth is being Seth. Honestly, I feel like he has. He's always been this way. He's always been. He's never been. Yeah, that's why. He, that's why they traded. Yeah, him. seriously, and that's why he's. I think he, they said he's. He's been traded every single year. He's been in the NBA. That like he's never repeated a team, and and this is why he's not consistent. He's not consistent. And if he's going to be on a team, and, yeah. he has to come off the bench. Playing so differently than the first half. If you remember in the first half of the season, him and Embiid had that give and go, yeah. yep. where he would use him as a screen. He would hit the floater, hit the shot, or if he wouldn't, he would go back to Embiid. They had a crazy give and go chemistry. Mm-hmm. When he when he's come back since the break. Not that they don't run it, but he's not looking for that nope. play anymore. He's and B's setting the same screen. He's coming off of it and then just passing it to somebody else. I'm like you're not even looking for your shot. The what pissed me off the most about that Golden State game was that he was taking the shots. He's taking the floaters. He was making them because I'm like, oh, you could have made these shots all. No, this you could have you could have been doing this. You're choosing to yeah. not. You're choosing to not. You come out here. You see your brother. You, the first play of the game. Three pointer. Three pointer. We get a still come at bam another three. You go in the lane, bam, bam, bam. You take me ball through bam, bam, bam. Step back, you're hitting a three. What the hell is going? I'm like, this is you didn't learn to play basketball last <laughs> night. You're you're choosing to limit your game for whatever reason. I don't know if you, you don't feel comfortable since you came back up with your flow. This team requires you to yes, score. That's what it's literally. You your come job. to a team with yep. The system of this team with a, especially when B being trapped. You're a shooter who's gotten the green light to do. You could be AI. Just shoot. We don't care what the hell you do. Shoot the damn ball. Score. Get a bucket. You're on a green light team. That's your. That's your only job. If for some reason you just you decide to just let me try this alley to Dwight real quick. What? Like what's going on? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a metal. I, I don't know what. It's a confidence to me. When you're not shooting, it's a confidence thing. When you don't shoot, it's because you don't think it's going to go in. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating to watch because it'd be one thing if he couldn't make the three, if he couldn't make the floater. You consistently make it when you do yep. it. Even last night when he came out scoring in the first half. And it's always a first half and then you fade. You just fade. Last night against the Thunder. 
runner making it, runner, runner make it. You hit the corner, you pop a three, you make it. Half time roll out. You you don't you shoot the you attempt two more shots. Yeah, and this is I feel like and these are the same like, type of conversations I feel like we be having about Ben Simmons. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's like you're capable because like heck, it's spreading. Huh? It's, it's spreading. spreading. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, like it's a Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. <laughs> it's like a fucking cancer. We talked about this last last that, episode when yeah. I was like. The NFL, you take the personality of coach. When when you're in the NBA, you take the personality of stars. And look, the passivity is like spreading mm-hmm. somehow. Yep, yep. Young person that plays aggressively every night, mostly in B. That's it. That's it. And B. And that I, that should be contagious. But, That's the part that should be contagious. Uh, we started a two game series against the the Hawks, starting tomorrow night, seven o'clock. We should win both those games. Yeah, whoever's playing, win. I don't care. And I, I want to. I'm not, it's not. It has nothing to do with the Sixers, really. But an Atlanta beat reporter tweeted earlier today, and I said this is disgusting. And I was like, because we playing the Hawks. I'm gonna tell you what this beat what reporter wrote. Oh my god, he says, "I was at Chipotle and they were talking about Trey Young, saying he's the best thing that happened to the Hawks." I don't th- think people outside of the Atlanta realize the city has never truly had an icon to get behind like Trey Young. It's more than just basketball. Fucking Atlanta, Mike Vick. Hank Aaron, you said the city has never had a star like. Wasn't Dominique in Atlanta? Trey Young, Dominique. Well, yeah. Yeah, what was he talking about? How old is this kid? I mean, damn! I go to Greg Maddox for the Braves. Fuck it. I, I knew his name yeah, as a kid because because it's a couple names you could name. It's just Trey right. Young. It's just Trey Young. Granted, Trey Young is a good player. I like Trey Young. He's a yeah. bowler, but he's not even this. Is Trey Young even a superstar? He got his own shoe. No. no. I got Dominique Wilkins jersey in my bedroom right now. He just hyped. They, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't got, they just hyped up right now. That's all. So I can't wait to beat them just off the strength yeah, of the We're going to put it. them on ice in no time. They're going to be on ice in no time. Yeah. And you're going to see how the greatest player you believe, the greatest Atlanta, <laughs> loses two games to the Sixers. To Philly. And you're going to see that. How about that? <laughs> Mike Vick had that city. You to but, and the crazy yeah, part is you could have said Mike Vick and stop. You could have stopped that Mike Vick. But you could have stopped there. Before you got the Dominique exactly. and Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron just died a couple months ago. Have some respect. Exactly. Scumbag. You could have st- <laughs> stopped that Vic. Because who don't know Michael Vic? What the hell? Besides Brandon Marshall. Come on. D'Angelo Hall did more right now for Detroit Young. When he was a corner. Right, in Atlanta. Until Detroit. Yeah, he was I'm reaching. Sorry. I just want to think of D'Angelo Hall. I think of DeAndre Hopkins uh, destroying his life. Destroying his name. In a practice, too. Speaking Ooh. of the... Speaking of De- speaking of D'Angelo Hall, let's switch gears to the NFL. We are in draft week, <laughs> and we got a little thing for y'all. We are going to do what Candace and Sean's simulator mock draft simulator here. We're going to do the first fifteen picks, so that's from the Jaguars to the Patriots, and we're going to have the simulator go. Sean's going to give me his going to give me his first pick based off what the computer says is available. I'm going to give you my picks based off what the computer says is available, and we are going to see where we stand at the end of these fifteen picks. Now we talk trash about Howie. We talk trash about other people in the league, yeah. right? If our, if our picks suck and make no sense, then I guess we shut the hell up. We shut. I'm gonna let you go first. Obviously, you're on the clock in Jacksonville. And I'm and I'm and I'm predicting. Enter I'm, draft. I'm predicting that my picks are going to be the exact picks from the actual draft on Thursday. That's how spot on I'm about to be. You're officially on the clock, Jacksonville Jaguars. Who are you taking with the first pick? And please tell me why. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> the pick, the is, pick in. is in. With the with first the pick. First Pick. And the NFL draft. <laughs> in the 2021 <laughs> NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. 
doom, 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 doom. Then goes highlights and no, they're gonna pick Trevor Lawrence and because yeah. the second best player in this draft, but he's the top quarterback in this draft, and that's what they need the most. New coach, new head coach, new system, new program is a perfect pick for them. Urban Meyer, he's a uh, he's, he's he's not a guru, but you know, last quarterback he had, Tim Tebow, worked wonders with him. Transition to the NFL without without Urban Meyer, he didn't do so great. So I I'm expecting him to do great things with Trevor Lawrence. All right, I'm on the clock at Jacksonville. Yes, I am. Doo, 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 doo. With the first pick in Kansas NFL draft, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars take Justin Fields. Mm. <laughs> and I, I'm saying this to say they're not going to take him. It is going to be Trevor Lawrence as a pick. But I'm getting a lot of Blaine Gabbert vibes, not just from here. Let me ask you, is it from the comment he made? And I've decided, not just a comment, just I went back to this tape. It's not as wowing, it's not as insane as people make it out to be. There are several times watching the tape where I feel like Zach Wilson kind of looks better than him. So now I have to sit there with the Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence pond, and I got to say to myself, who do I think would be a better pro? Well, the better pro is the person who has the most intangibles because they all have strong arms. They all can make the same. I feel like Trevor Lawrence... I feel like Justin Fields can make the same throws Trevor Lawrence can make right now. He's not, an, he's not, he's a great prospect. He's not Patrick Mahomes' elite arm, arm talent. He's a very good young quarterback with a strong arm, great, great pocket awareness, great under pressure, all that stuff. These other, these other two guys do the same thing. So who has a long career? The guy with the legs. I'm going with that. He's a better pro, in my opinion. That's what I'm going to say and keep it with it, rock it with it. That's what I'm saying. All right, that's it. Call me if you want to call me. <laughs> you on the clock with the New York Jets. New York Jets. Who are you taking? Ding, 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 ding. You got Wilson, you got Bills, you got Pinay, you got Pitts. You can do whatever you want to do. It's With the world. second pick of the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select quarterback Zach Wilson from BYU. There we go. First of all, Zach Wilson Locked it in. is a complete baller. Okay, you just gave us you just baller. gave us some reason. baller. He's a he's a complete baller. He has all the intangibles. He's mobile as hell. Super strong arm. And insanely accurate. He has the IQ, and they traded. Uh, they traded their quarterback to uh, Carolina, so they ha- they need a quarterback. Perfect replacement. Perfect replacement. Zach Wilson, my number two pick. And that's exactly why he's my number two pick. I'm sorry, Trevor. Enjoy <laughs> San Fran. Enjoy the Bay Area. Was where we belong anyway. And I'm taking Zach Wilson with the second mm-hmm. pick on to New York, the better quarterback, mm-hmm. also with legs. <laughs> and that's why I'm going my second pick. I ain't mad at that. Yeah, but all right. Let me ask you this: What do you think, or why did you pick Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence instead of Zach Wilson? Why didn't you make Zach Wilson one? Why did you make Justin Fields one? Because I felt Justin Fields his his size will make him more durable in the pros. Zach Wilson's a little bit only on this underside. Zach Wilson also had a shoulder injury all the last year. He's injury prone. Fields has shown to be even when he got hurt, he played in the playoff game and he's still yep. bald. That he's he's the size, his actual physical strength. Equal equal ability, athleticism, legs, everything else. I think it's gonna be more durable and have a long career. As we all know, the best ability is availability. Mm-hmm. So you take the stronger, taller guy. If they all can make the same I think, throws. I that's think that's that. the only thing that we ever took from Chip that actually made sense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anything. Everything else he did was. So, well, I don't listen. I, I told him the other day. I told him the other day. I'm. I'm. We don't want to sit without Chip Kelly. Well, with the movie. Chip Kelly made... drafted Zach Ertz. Chip Kelly got yeah. Lane. He brought in Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. He, he drafted Michael Kendricks. I, like, I'm not deluding myself. He he drafted Nelson Aguilar, who was huge for the rest yeah. of that season. 
Like, I'm not deluding myself about he had, he evaluated talent better than Doug did in how he evaluates talent in this era right now. Hell yes, because he's an actual football guy. Howie is not a football guy. How do you know what the hell yeah. you're looking at? Howie's a he's an idiot. He's Thank such an you. Idiot. And the only reason that Nick Foles looked good was from the RPO system that he brought here with yep. for Nick. We yep. so. I, yo, on, he's a honestly, to be honest with you, yo, f you, because what you did to DJX everybody, but without listen. Chip Kelly, Nick Foles' career is probably dead. To be, if we being real, if yep. we being real, his career is probably dead. Chip Kelly saved his career. Yeah, so I got Chip f you for what you did to Shady and DJX, but he knew he understood analysis, he understood scouting, and we wouldn't have went without him from the RPO system to the players he brought yep, into this hurts. team. What can you do? All right. What can you do? All right, I'm on the clock. I'm on the clock. I'm on the clock. What? You well, on the clock, San Fran. You had the third pick. So far, you taken two quarterbacks. You taken Trevor Lawrence, Jake, and Zach Wilson. On the board left, Fields, Penne, Pitts, Chase, Devonta. You know the names. Wide open, Michael Parsons. Okay. Okay. What are you doing in the, in the Bay Area, Sean? Give it to me. With the third overall pick, San Francisco 49ers select quarterback Justin Fields from Ohio State University. The Ohio the State University. Michael, Ohio Michael State University. My bad, Mount. And I'm a... And I'm gonna tell you right now, it, it is what it is. Trevor Lawrence, congrats! You're the third bridesmaid because you're going to the Bay. <laughs> you're the bay. You couldn't be one or two. You're not the bride. <laughs> you're not. You're not in the maid of honor. You're just the bridesmaid, and you're going. Trevor to the Lawrence, bay. you are not the father. <laughs> <laughs> now we get interesting because we got the quarterback mm-hmm. rush here. You're on the clock. You're Atlanta. Julio getting up there. You need cornerback help. You had a good year from AJ Terrell. All your, your safeties are going. Your lo- Keenan O'Neal is going. He's now a cowboy. Ew. You need some help. Penne Seawall's there. You already got Matthews as your tackle, but Penne's there. Pitts is there. Chase is there. Devonta Smith, Micah Parsons. You, it'll, be, it'll be attracted to pairing with your linebacking core. Where are you going in Atlanta right now? So once in my in my head, in my mind, the way this works, once you get past the quarterbacks, because that's the most important position in all of sports, once you get past that, you got to start picking the best player on the board. That's when it's time to stop thinking. Okay. Don't think yourself out of a situation, right? Do the right thing. If the Falcons do not select Kyle Pitts, they're fucking stupid. Oh. Okay? They're stupid. Okay? With the number four pick in the NFL draft, okay. Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts, the best player in the draft. Hands down. Okay. This is how I see it. And I want to say, as we're doing a mock, I'm just, it's just hitting me. We won't even have an elite pass rusher. This draft is so odd because usually you have a pass rusher in the top five it picks. Is. We're not talking about. The pass rush is still like 15, 16, 17 sometimes while a lot of going on. So it's just so odd. We don't have any – because, honestly, the Falcons that use the edge, but ain't nobody here at edge. It's not even worth it. Yeah, not that early. Now, right now, you got the money up there, Matt, Matt Ryan. Right now, you got Julio Faden and 33 and Hurt. You would love to say I can – I will fortify this team, get an offensive line, and maybe make another – because they have a good – I like the Pitts pick, but they have Colin Ridley. They have, they have a good pass-catching situation. They also traded for the tight end from the Ravens last year, Hayden Hurts. He gave us solid numbers. The problem is Matt Ryan can't stay upright. You have no run game to speak of. Shade, full shade to Todd Gurley. You're done. Your knees are gone. The issue is that the team overall is there in a fire cell. That's talking about listening to teams talk about um, trading for Julio. So on my head, if you're in a fire cell and the era is over, um, I'm sorry. Come give me that Trey Lance. Trey Lance? Or pick. I'm going to tell you why I didn't pick Trey Lance, too. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, because it was going to be him or Pitts. But Trey Lance is not on the same same, uh, level as those those three quarterbacks we just named. In my mind. I'm not saying what what he will do, what he won't do. I don't know. But in my mind, I don't think he's he's in that tier. But 
When um, I don't know if he's in the tier or not because we he we only say that because we have limited tape. He yeah, opted out. He didn't play right. off last year. When he played the year before, he wasn't at level. He didn't and throw he any interceptions. Right. He threw hella touchdowns. Yeah. He has the athleticism, so it's sort of less like you gotta trust your gut about what you see. Because if he played last year, he he would have those numbers Maybe. potentially. All I'm saying is when you're in a fire cell season and you don't and you you protect them, the most important position to me is quarterback. Absolutely. You could mediocre receivers. I'm not even sure how good Miko Hartman is. I just know Patrick Mahomes makes him look good, even when the games where the receivers are out. So if I can't, if I have an aging receiver, I got an aging quarterback, I need to figure out my future. And if I sit there with Kyle Pitts, I'm not picking in the top five next year. With that, with that dynamic receiving core, I'm, I might be in the top 10, top 15, but I'm not picking in the top whatever no more. My salary cap is for trash, right? They are they're in a horrible solid cap situation, which is why they listen to Julio situations. I need to get a quarterback on a rookie deal. Why I can and hope he's a friend. I'm not saying this is a mercy situation. Sometimes you have to overshoot on quarterbacks because the situation was ever. Pitts is a great player. And but that, as that, we saw with several teams taking dynamic pass catchers, I mean the Cowboys succeeded Lamb last year. Dynamic pass catchers get you what? They still lost. We don't have the quarterback figure it out when they lost Dak. They look like garbage. You have to figure out your quarterback situation and your team I will think, follow. And I think, so I'm gonna I take think that's the downfall. And that's to downfall to pick and piss is the quarterback situation in the future. But I feel like the reason I picked him is because whatever quarterback you get, whether you get a young guy or if you gotta make a trade, if you gotta trade for somebody, however you go about getting getting your quarterback, he has to have weapons. I don't know how many years Julio has left. I, he might play it in another four or five years. But when whoever you if you bring in You still got Calvin Ridley, I you still that. got other receivers in that, that team, you still got Hayden Nurse. But when you, you can still draft the receiver next that. year. But when you You can still draft the receiver this year. I know that. So but when you, if you say Julio <laughs> say Julio retires in, in three years and and somebody's hurt or somebody's not producing the way you you projected to projected projected them to produce, I still want my young quarterback to have weapons. And somebody like but we, somebody but like we Kyle Pitts, I feel like is is probably going to be on the level of a Julio Jones. Where where uh but Calvin we're not Ridley talking might not about be. Trey Lance. Trey Lance ain't playing this year. What do I care? I don't know that. Mike, Matt Ryan is still my quarterback. No, man, Matt, Matt Ryan is still my quarterback. That's so I'm not. I'm not talking her... about the future. I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about for the future. Okay, so next year I'm gonna come back here and I'm gonna draft Mechie from Alabama and I'm gonna move on. Yeah, I'm saying, so but your, but your young quarterback has to have weapons. But you have to have a quarterback to be have a young quarterback. Right. So, but this the per the person I just selected at four is the best person you can you're going to select in the draft. So I'm. But spe- you don't have a quarterback. Right. So, but when I do, and you don't have any when money. I do, he has to have weapons. He has to have well, weapons. I don't think you. Well, who are you going to get? Where are you going to get the quarterback from? I don't know yet. Okay then. Well, I know where I'm getting my quarterback at at four. <laughs> it's Trey Lance. I rather take the best player on the cool. board. I'm not over evaluating Trey Lance. He belongs in the top ten of the picks of this draft. People's evaluations are different. I'm sitting there saying you got to think about it, and that's what the Jets down. That's what the Four Niners did. They're sitting there saying we are we we're not going to be in position to draft the quarterback high if we we have to move up. We have to do this. They value a quarterback, they take him. It's a quarterback-driven league. This is the only position where you do this for. Where you, where you bypass certain players. I mean, certain people could have had CeeDee Lamb, these other receivers last year. I mean, they didn't because they needed a quarterback. You got you have to do that due diligence. I look at Atlanta. Their quarterback is expensive and fading. Your number one primary receiver is expensive and fading. Your salary cap is garbage. You have to get a quarterback and rookie contract. Weapons, you can get that anywhere. You can come back here in the second round and get Terrence Marshall. Who gives a shit? 
it, but who knows what Terry Marshall is like, going to be? Name, name one guy. Name, name one receiver. But well, who cares about? No shade to Kyle Pitts. Who the fuck cares about Kyle Pitts? We have no quarterback. What the fuck what was Calvin Johnson no doing in Detroit? What do you mean? No fucking quarterback. What, but you don't have no fucking quarterback. You're going to be saying the same the thing about Calvin your quarterback when he has no weapons. You're going to say you're going to be saying who? Who cares you about a Justin Fields? Weapons, There's no weapons over there. Weapons are dumb. Weapons are dumb a dozen. No, you're going to be saying the same thing. Name weapons that won the fucking game. Weapons are a dime of dozen. What the hell is Calvin Johnson Oh, what are you talking about? They, they are, are not. How are weapons come a dime a dozen in the field? We ain't got none. What did Jerry Judy do to the fucking what did Jerry Judy do to the, the Broncos last year? Who gives a shit? Because the quarterback fucking sucked. Exactly. Exactly. What? So you, so so when you they had do to get find a quarterback, quarterback. So when they do get a quarterback, he already has weapons. He already has he's already put in place the No, you cannot. How? How? And, not, and you don't you know. You don't know if they're going to perform in, or not. If I, whoever, whoever I draft, so you whoever don't know I draft Kyle in the Pitts first round, it's a draft. It's a draft. At four, I'm privy to believe that that guy is ready to produce right now. If I drafted him at four, fucking Brady whoever, Quinn. Whoever, at four, whoever I, he gives a shit yeah, about but that. people like they Jared like Goff. Them. They obviously they liked him, didn't they? Uh, they what I'm, what I'm saying is, the Falcons are not going to be doing anything for a while. So if I have if I have a quarterback I developed under Matt Ryan and I come here next year with my top 10 to 15 pick and take the number one receiver on the board, then I have weapons and a young quarterback. I cannot get a young quarterback with talent at fucking 15 next year. If it's Once not, I give away if my first round Trevor pick, Lawrence, my Justin first round pick that Wilson at four, then that's I'm why I said the best we agree, available we, we, dis- we, dis- or, or, we disagree or on evaluation. We just disagree on the evaluation. Agreed. I, I, no receiver or tight end is changing the face of your franchise so much so that they're going to win you these damn games or do any fucking thing. Kyle Pitts, where he goes, whether it's the fucking Dolphins or Atlanta, won't do a fucking thing for them because in both those scenarios, they got question marks at quarterback. We were seeing in the last five years receivers that are extremely talented that balled in the fucking pros that balled in the fucking college went to these swamp rat fucking infested franchises and they ain't do shit and this is my point and this is my point and this is why i'm, I'm collecting weapons so when i do get my quarterback of the, of the future oh okay he ain't gotta stink okay. and we ain't gotta suck for three years because we ain't got nobody from the throw the ball to okay or run the ball or yeah. Or you get your quarterback and you just get the. No. We're doing the same process. We're marrying quarterbacks to pass catchers. We're just doing it in a different I know version. That. Exactly. We're taking the pass catchers first, and I'm taking the quarterback. That's why I said we disagree. Disagree in evaluation. I don't believe that if you build the pass catchers, I don't believe if you build the fucking core that you can sit in there at 15 and 20 and get a top tier talented quarterback. So that means I have to give up next year my one for this year, my one for next year. That's what the 49ers say. I'm not doing that shit. So I'm just going to take the fucking quarterback now. I'm not doing it. Because I'm we sitting here. Agree. And it's not going to cost me agree that Kyle Pitts is a generational player. We've said that here on the, on the, on this podcast, before, on the podcast before. He's the most. He's a, he's, 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 let me he finish. He's the most he's a generational. The exactly. He's the best player in the draft. Generational player. I'm not passing up on. I'm not okay. passing up on that to take. But generational players Lance. still now. If I had a, if I was in a position to get one of those top three quarterbacks, yeah, I I, I understand you 110. percent But once I fall out of that, no, I'm not taking a chance on those other guys. But general generational talent that still doesn't win you anything if you but don't have I, the, I, the, the, the everything everything else figured out. And I decide to to either trade, draft, go get my quarterback. However, I decide to do that. 
there's a reason why DK Metcalf for, for my quarterback is, is set up for success. There's a I don't reason get a quarterback DK Metcalf is outpacing his core. There's a reason D- it ain't hard to find weapons. Weapon every Go fucking time. Howie. Go tell Howie that. Go tell Howie because we ain't it, got none in Philly. Those receivers, we don't have but none those receivers that went if before him. Down the dozen, CD where produced, are they at? Justin produced. No, we don't pick them, but they're in the same draft. CD produced. Justin Jefferson produced. All these niggas produce. It was just it was just our evaluation. So it's making my point. Thank you. Not, these people are here every year. Not. Jerry Judy's there every year. CD Lang was good. Jerry Judy was good. Jefferson was good. I can get those niggas next year. What's the problem? Mexico's gonna be that? in the top top pick. Are you? What are you saying? You don't no, know that. What, what what year? What year? What what year did all the rookie receivers crash and burn? Please tell there's me. Been, I mean, goddamn, two years ago. Two years, two years ago. Two years. Two years ago. No, this, this name year's draft is is odd. You said that yourself. You no, name name me the year. Name me the year. Name me the year that the receivers was trash. These last five fucking six years. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I thought about it. I can pick out a week a route receiver draft plan. Well, you think about it while you're on the clock. You think about it while you're on the clock. You think about it while you're on the clock. I can go. I can go get Mechie. Yeah, you're sitting there. You're you're the Bengals. You're sitting there looking at Chase. You're looking at the tackles. You're looking at Devontae Smith. You're looking at Wow. You got the corners. You got Michael Parsons. You got you can go tackle. You want to do? I'm thinking about at five. I'm thinking about how great of a. I'm not gonna say great. He was having a decent season. How decent of a season my quarterback was having. My young quarterback was having. Does he need weapons? Could he use some weapons? Absolutely. But first and foremost, we gotta remember he did not finish the season because he got hurt behind the offensive line. Give me Penesel. Give me the Penesel at five to protect my quarterback. Penne pasta. Yes. Give me, give me. And goddamn, if I ain't doing the same thing, <laughs> Penne, welcome to Cincinnati. Your career is over because that town sucks. You will never win yeah, anything because of Cincinnati. I'm so sorry for you. You'll never beat the fucking Ravens as long as Lamar's yeah, it there. Won't it won't happen. Um, well, they did. Trade happen, their, they just traded that tackle. Yeah. They did just trade that tackle. Who did? Uh, maybe, Eddie. maybe they will. The, the Ravens traded Orlando Broom. Oh yeah, Brown. yeah, they did. They did. They're right there. They oh, yeah. So now we come to the Dolphins pick. You were sitting there at six where the Eagles were. You got Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Waddle sitting at you, Micah Parsons, Trey Lance still on the board, Rayshon Slater's on the board, all the corners, Mac Jones is still on the board. Do you do you trust Tua? Do you? I don't know. <sighs> to be honest with you, I don't know if I trust Tua yet. I don't I, I from what I seen last year, it, it was it just wasn't enough. I don't know if I trust Tua. But I'm gonna find out this year because I'm gonna get him a weapon. Another weapon. He got Devontae Parker. I'm gonna get him another weapon. With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, at number six, the Miami Dolphins select Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. Do, Do it. it. Bang, bang, bang. I am, for the reasons we said before, I'm giving him a weapon, but the guy's still on the board. I'm taking Kyle Pitts. Going down with Tua and saving his life because he can't. All the passes that Tua is doing inaccurately, Kyle Pitts will catch him. <laughs> um, you will bail him out of all the lofts. And all the poor velocity <laughs> throws. Congrats. Welcome to South Beach, where they don't care about they football. They don't, but you will enjoy yourself right there. <laughs> you will most definitely enjoy yourself. You have Detroit on the clock, Sean. This is interesting. They need cornerback help. I'm telling you, we can get into this. Jeff Okuda ain't really impressed me last year. I'm sorry. Jeff I'm Okuda is a damn thing in Detroit. The city What's of up? Detroit is a joke. I'm going to tell you that now. It the is The city a joke. of Detroit is a complete joke. The football town. It is a joke. The, the coach they even I don't have faith in that. Coach they hired. I don't have faith in their, in their front office. I don't have faith in the city of Detroit to do anything. With that said, with that being said, at number seven, the Detroit Lions select, where I was here from Alabama, Jalen Waddle. Interesting. Waddell. Got him. Now, 
You got Jared Goff there. Mm-hmm. Your primary receivers are going. Galloway left you because you didn't, you didn't yep. pay him. Honestly, offensively, I don't know what the hell is going on there. Carry on Johnson. Who knows? Everything about Detroit is horrible. It is. It really they don't have is. good corners. They don't got good <laughs> linebacker. I can literally go anywhere. They don't have good linebacker. They have nothing to speak of. They have so many needs. Whatever you choose, you can't go wrong. It's disgusting. It's crazy. <laughs> it's it disgusting. Is. It's successful. And it's I'm a part of me wants to just do what I want to do. And I'm still thinking do I might it. do it. Go crazy. Go crazy. Do it. With the seven pick on the clock. <laughs> The Detroit Lions on to Detroit football hell. It's Mac Jones oh back my man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why would they ever pick him? The Jared the Jared Goff experiment to me is an interesting one where he sucks. <laughs> he also is making $33 million yes, a no. year. And I have to question, just the way we do with Carson Wentz, we pay him $30 million this year. Next year, he's mm-hmm. off our books. I have to question if Detroit's kind of like, this is a one-year rental, and we're not intending to pay this nigga $33 million next year. I got it. And there are people out there claiming that Mac Jones is actually the second-rated quarterback. La, la, la. I have to take a flyer on a quarterback because I don't, I'm not paying Mac Jones. I'm not paying Jared Goff $35 million next year. And if my team is going to suck, and nobody expects us from anything. I can build a young quarterback, grow, grow my young quarterback. I'm going to suck for the next five years. I can get the weapons. I can get linebackers next round. But I have to, to me, as you can tell by the way I'm drafting, the biggest puzzle piece to resolve in your team is your quarterback situation. After that, everything will fall off. You can get away with a Terrence Marshall then in the later round because your quarterback is is is, a, is better than average. You can get away with taking a um, – Rondell Moore in the second round because your quarterback play is so good. You can get away with all that because, I mean, the, the Chiefs just started getting corners last yep. year. Didn't help them. So I'm sorry. I, it's, it's only because Jared Goff is there. If they didn't even do the trade with Jared Goff and it was Matt Stafford, I still would be thinking about quarterback because he's old and he's getting hurt every year and I I'm done. They actually believe in Goff too. So sorry. Yeah. So sorry for them and sorry for the Panthers at one o'clock right now who probably needed a quarterback because I don't know if you trust how much you trust the quarterback situation there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Donald Darnold. Yeah. But you are Carolina on the clock now, Sean. You're at the eight pick. Devonta's still there. Parsons still there. Trey Lance is still there yep. for you, too. Ray Sean Slater, the D tackle, Baymar, Sertain, Mac Jones, all the corners still there. Where are you going? This is a tough one for me. I don't think, because I don't know if they really, really, really believe in Sam Darnold or not. <laughs> I don't think you believe <laughs> You got a deep sigh look on your face right now. I don't know if they believe in him or not. I think they do, though. Because they were what? Where were they at? They traded. Where, Who, yeah. Carolina? They're exactly where they I, always were. They traded picks next year and they did uh, pick swaps. So oh, they were always going to get eight. I think they're going to yeah. go. I think they're going to go offensive line. Then they go with Sean Slater here. I think. They actually probably do oh. believe in Sam, and they're going to get him some protection. They're going to get McCaffrey some protection. He he had an injury, uh, a bad season last year with injuries. I think they're going to go with Rashawn Slater to get some help on that line, on the offensive line. That's where I'm going at eight. I like the pick. Carolina is cursing me out because Mac Jones is gone. <laughs> what can you do? Try go with the brother. Sorry, brother. I'm going to take the number one receiver on the draft, Jamar Chase, who's still on my board. 
And I'm going to trust Sam Darnold that if he has weapons, good weapons for the first time in his career and a good long time, he might do something. So I'm going to give him Jamar Chase. And it's the same situation with the quarterback situation. You invest in your quarterback, like Sean talked about drafting the quarterback and then getting weapons, getting weapons for your quarterback. Give him the weapons. If you don't work out, you can always come back next year draft, draft your next quarterback. But I'm giving Jamar Chase eighth overall to Carolina. The Broncos on the clock. The Broncos are on the clock. Now, I'm before – I know exactly before we even did this today. I would have. I know exactly who I would have said the Broncos would have took. So wait, tell me who's left on the board. Okay, just to refresh my memory. Devontae Smith, Micah Parsons, Trey Lance, Christian Batemore, D tackle from Alabama, Patrick Sertain, Mac Jones is on the board for you. Christian Dershaw, the tackle from Virginia Tech. Bateman, right, right, J.C. Right, Horn. Right. All right, Mac Jones is a fucking bum. Okay. Okay. He's a bum. Okay. And, if, and if you whoever's listening, if you didn't know that, I just told you. So now you know. Okay. There you go. You have to. You have to go. You have to take Trey Lance here. You got to take Trey Lance. You got to take Trey, Trey Lance. Lance. You took a receiver last year in the first round, who actually produced, who actually did something. So you gotta get him. You gotta get a quarterback. I would take Trey Lance here. I think he does wonders for for the, uh, the for the Denver Broncos. So I have taken all the quarterbacks <laughs> in the first round all the already. What? The cornerbacks or the quarterbacks. All the yeah. all the quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, the Broncos. They unlike even worse than the Panthers. The Broncos are really fucked because they need a quarterback. Yeah. The Panthers don't really need a quarterback. They could have set. They can sit there. But I took the, <laughs> um, you know, so the Broncos are like Candace. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a fucking dead put a head out on a you. dead fucking horse yeah. in your bed. Yeah, that horse's head is in my bed right now. I'm bleeding right now. <laughs> now, what can you do here besides go the show? Besides go the show method, <laughs> which is you got Jerry Judy. You got you got a good receiver. You got a good young receiving core in Sutton and Judy. I mean, sorry, and, and they got the receiver from Penn State from last year. Jesus, yeah, Hartman, right? You got Devontae Smith. You got Jalen Waddle. You like well, fuck. <laughs> Who gonna but, I'm, these ball? but I'm sorry, you won't get it to him because I'm fucking taking Michael Parsons. Mm, I love that pick though. Linebacker I love that pick from though. Penn State. He's a Broncos mm, type he guy. Is. I love that pick. He's gonna go there. You know, you get you you get you a dominant middle linebacker, and just hope that just like the Ravens, the defense will set the tone. You got to get secondary. It's a young linebacker core. Von Miller is still there. You'll figure it out. The linebacker core Yo, is set, and you'll figure out the quarterback. Pick. I love that pick for them. That's what you I love do. that pick for them. That's what you gotta do. Now, Sean, we've come to the disgusting hour. <sighs> the Cowboys are on the clock for you. I'm going to pick this guy just because I hope he sucks. I hope he does. <laughs> Seriously, I hope he sucks. Patrick Sertain. I think the Cowboys select Patrick Sertain. Junior. The, the second. second. And I hope he sucks. I do. He is graded at... I think him and Horn are probably like neck and neck in a lot of people's eyes. Not in mine. Okay? I'll tell you that right now. Not in mine. So, if at 10, I think the Cowboys select Patrick Sertain. Okay. Because it's Jerry Jones. <laughs> As we see, Sean Lee, ret- Sean Lee retired this year. Well, this he's retired yesterday. Who cares? And you sit there, you look at the offensive line for the Cowboys. The, the centers retired two years ago. The tackles always keep getting hurt. And I know Jerry Jones came out this today and said, Jerry Jones said today, at 10, we can sit there and get the best defensive player in the draft. And every Cowboys player and fan was like, oh, my God, Jerry's going to do it. He's going to give us the best defensive player in the draft. He's finally figured the fuck out. <laughs> but I got news for you. He fucking didn't. He's taking Devontae Smith in the uh. <laughs> like an idiot. 
because he can't resist the name. Yo, and that's really how he is. That's really how he is, yo. He's such a weirdo. He, I can't stand boy. He's an idiot. He's such a weirdo. And he's gonna, he's gonna tell y'all, Amari uh, Cooper's expensive next year. We and he's gonna tell y'all how the receiving core is gonna be shifted next year because the number, who's the number two guy there? Uh, he's 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 a free agent next year, and we're gonna come out there next year with CD Lamb and Devontae Smith and figure it out. Yeah, that's exactly what we gonna do. And that's, that's he gonna exactly tell what you. Gonna do. I can't. Whatever. I'm I'm not even going to give him my energy right now. We had eleven. If it was a true mock, if it was a true mock, and it was, I would say Patrick Sertain. But I think Jerry's going to do it that way. I think, I, honestly, I hope they pick. You had eleven. Uh, Sertain, just because I really, honestly believe that he, he, I feel like him and uh J.C. Horn, they at the when they saw said and done, he's not going to be able to tie J.C.'s fucking cleats. I th- I think Sertain reminds me so much of um, or another cornerback who came out of there, Kareem Jackson, years ago. Where he looked really technically sound on paper, like mm-hmm. technically sound in Alabama, yep. scheme, scheme, scheme. He goes to the Texans and he just yeah. he just lost. Everybody's like, oh, he's a technician, he's a technician, he's a mm-hmm. technician. Um, but then like, what's going on? And no shade, Marlon Humphrey is very technically sound, and he's a good corner. He's not a do- he's not a playmaking corner. He's just a very he's good solid shutdown, like in phase mm-hmm. corner. And that's what remind- he reminds me of a technician. And but unfortunately, we need a playmaker yeah. at corner. Um, yeah, so, yeah, have so we're sitting there, Sean. We had eleven. You on the cl- clock as a Giants. You got Devontae Smith, Michael Parsons still on the board. Batemore is still on the board for you. You can pair him up. I like that kid. A great defensive like line and Christian Dershaw, Horn, Bateman. You got the best linebacker in the draft still on the board, and a back at the, the linebacker from uh, Jeremiah Koroma from Notre Dame. You got Devontae Smith out here. What you going to do? Hmm. I think they take. Michael Parsons. That's I think a good they pick. pick Michael Parsons at I think because I think they either pick him or they take Devontae Smith. But I don't think I'm gonna say they go with Devon, well, I mean uh, Michael Parsons. I'm going here for New York. They're gonna take uh, Jalen Waddle. Waddle. I say that because you 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 had the running back. You tried to build off his line. It's still yeah. trash to me. The defensive line to me right now is actually pretty dominant. They they were able to retain some people. You invested so much in the secondary. The secondary is going to be really good this year. Dory Jackson added to the to cornerback you already have there. The safety room is already really good. And now, you know, I've, Mark Parsons is already going yeah. to me. He went to Denver. So I think you just invest in – you got a running back, build into the receiver core. I mean, Golden Tate is going. You got some young receivers, adding another one, Jalen Waddle, just helps you out, a head home run hitter. And then you got a good run game, and you got a person to take the top yep. off. And you already got, you built the defense already, and, so and that's why that's I said I was it was either going to be between Parsons or uh, Devontae Smith. But I think that I think I'm gonna go with Parsons. I'm drumming on you right here. You know why? Because we at twelve, baby. We on the fucking clock. <laughs> Don't get me hype. Hey, it ain't Thursday yet. You sitting here, Devontae Smith, yeah. Baymore still on the board. Mac Jones, Dershaw, Horn, Bateman, the linebacker from North Dame, Greg Newsom, cornerback from Northwestern, Fairley's out there. Where are you going? Jalen Phillips is on the board, by the way, from Miami. If you want to get technical, about. thanks, but no thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now this pick is tough for me because obviously I'm an Eagles fan, and yeah, we got so many needs. Who was we talking about? We were talking about the Lions. We ain't that bad, but we got so yeah, many needs. We ain't that yeah. none of that. Unless you got Miles Sanders, some right. other niggas. Some niggas you might know. <laughs> um, I think they go J.C. Horn. I think they go J.C. Horn at 12. You want to go J.C. Horn. <laughs> <laughs> Your mommy ain't never. 
<laughs> yo, I love that kid, yo. I love JC's horn. I love his game. Um, I've been watching. I've been watching film on him for, for since the since the season ended. I love JC Horn's game. I think he. I think he's a a plug and play guy right now. You can plug him in, and he can run with anybody. He's used to um to to matching up with the best receivers. Um, he's been doing he's been doing that. And granted, I think he'd really be good here because he wouldn't even have to do that here. That would be Slay's job. So he's taking on the, the, lock the small guy down. You know what I mean? Lock the the number two guy down. I think he can do that. I think his feet. Got, I'm a feet guy. I played corner, so I'm big on feet and hips. I love his feet. He's athletic. He has the recovery speed. He's aggressive. Love me, man. Give me JC Horn as well. This is interesting because I have created a scenario in my mock draft that I, every Eagles fan is disgusted with me. There are no pass catchers left. <laughs> the last one just went to – is Diana – right now you're looking at office alignment. No, you didn't uh, – There's you nobody didn't pick, left. You didn't send uh, Smith nowhere, did you? Devontae Smith? I did. I sent him to the Cowboys. You did. You did. You did. You did. You did. You did. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry World. So this is the worst nightmare <laughs> For the, the Eagles fans who just sitting there like we can't even we can't even tell Dave, Devontae Smith we don't right. want him because he's gone. Yo, I don't hope Jerry really pick him too. <laughs> oh, he would. Do, the best thing we could do is sit there and just be have a problem with certain a horn in in the Eagles' minds. You know, absolutely. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to do the same thing you did, and I'm taking JC Horn. Yes, you cannot oh. pass on a playmaker in corner. Yeah, he's a beast. You just can't. It's beyond like what Sean said, his short area quickness, his ability to stay in phase, his his aggressiveness at the line. But he's in a playmaker in corner. He has the ability to take the ball yep. away. And you just can't take you just can't pass up on that. I'm sorry. I've thought about a lot of things. I thought about the offensive line. I thought about St. Milo. I thought about why well, we actually gonna trust uh May Lada to be a left tackle this year. You could take Rachel Slater still. Are you gonna trust that? You know, but at the end of the day, trust that trust Joe Horn's bloodstream. This is the guy who pulled a phone out of a of an end zone when he scored a touchdown. He called somebody, probably called for some wind. Right. You remember Jordan did that? Trust that bloodline. <laughs> Trust that bloodline with swag that he gonna come to Philadelphia and lock it in. So we got the that same big twelve. Yep. Now we're sitting here, you got the charges on the clock. You still got Smith on the board, you still got Barrymore on the board, you still got Mac Jones on the board, you still got the a top tech on Dershaw on the board from Virginia Tech. Where you going, Sean? Linebacker, Greg. I think the mm. Chargers are going to select. You just said his name, actually, Darisol. Yeah. Okay. 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 I think the Chargers go go offensive go. line. Protect that young guy back there. I mean, he got pretty. I think the same thing, but Rayshon Slater's still on the board for me. Oh yeah. So he I'm is. taking Rayshon Slater <laughs> at 13 for them. The Vikings are on the clock. At 13, they need tackles, they need a guard, they need corners, they need a I lot. The bike is doing a little bad. You know I mean? Never, you know I mean? Never home. And Devontae Smith still there? You, for, on your board, Devontae Smith is still there. Pair him up with Justin Jefferson. My and, dog is there, though. I need somebody to block for my dog, Dalvin. Dalvin Cook. But I only, think that you got to go <laughs> best player here if you're Minnesota. And I'm taking Devontae Smith. There you go. That's a good pair. They're yeah, going to have a little good receiving core. Um... I believe in trench warfare. Do you know? And I'm going to send Christian Barmore to to the, the Vikings at from Detail from Alabama to do some damage and run that Zimmer scheme. Okay, I like that. I like that. I like that. So now you're sitting there at 15. So I last picking our little mock the here. Patriots pick, and you get the Patriots on the clock. You still got Baymore. You still got. 
Mac Jones at quarterback. You got Rashad Bateman. You got the great linebacker from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owusu Koroma. Greg Newsom at corners on the board. You got some options here. I think Caleb Barely. Uh, Payne. I think he is so overrated. I'm not gonna say so. Who? He's overrated to me. Caleb Farley. I, I, was, I thought you meant Quiddy Payne because I think he's overrated too for Michigan. I can't stand him. If the Eagles do that to me, I'm a fucking <laughs> I'm a trash the link if they, they take wouldn't take him at twelve. They took him at twelve. Don't, I'm not even gonna go there. Never say yeah, never with this guy. But no, um, I think the Patriots select. You gotta go quarterback here from y'all. Um, and Mac Jones is still there on my board. I'll take Mac Jones at fifteen for the Patriots. Um, this is interesting because for some people on paper. Patrick Sertain is still there. Mm-hmm. He's some people on paper the number one corner. There are rumors that the Patriots might trade Stephon Gilmore and you have to replace that. But I think what you got to do here is try to, even if you, you can, this is hard because they, they need a quarterback bad. bad. So I'm not going to overdraft a quarterback to do this. So you sit there and I think the way is working out. I got Darishaw still there to tackle from Virginia Tech. You can protect Cam. You got him some weapons. You can do that. But at the end of the day, I'm taking Patrick Sertain because he's a well, – that's, 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 that's a defensive-minded coach over there. He doesn't really value – he likes offensive line, but he takes – I don't even know the last time. I want to say Nate Soldier. I think I might be right. The Patriots took off – Patriots and Bill Belichick took an offensive line in, in the first mm. round. And that's that's it. They don't care about that the way we do. So I think he's thinking we'll figure it out. And then later mm-hmm. rounds with the with the with the center or anything else, um, and that's that's my pick. So for Sean's mock for fifteen, Trevor Lawrence at one, Zach Wilson at two, Justin Fields at three, going to San Fran, Kyle Pitts going to four to the Falcons, Penne Pasta <laughs> going to the Bengals, Jamar Chase at six going to the Dolphins, seven Jalen Waddle to the to the Lions, Rayshon Slater eight to the Panthers. Trey Lance going to the Broncos. Sertain going to the Cowboys. Parsons going to the Giants. Horn, shout out, going to the Eagles. Christian Dershaw going to the Chargers. Devontae Smith going to the Vikings. And at 15, Mac Jones going to the Patriots. And for me, I shocked the world. I took Justin Fields first, the better pro, when it's all said and done. When y'all sitting there looking at Blaine Gabbert 2.0, don't tell me I didn't tell you. Zach Wilson at two. Trevor Lawrence going to the to the bed. And that's a good fit for Trevor Lawrence. He actually succeed in that. Where? And San Fran, I have him going to three. Because yeah, Trevor Lawrence going to the Jaguars is gonna be hard. Trevor Lawrence pairing with Kyle Shanahan and those receivers, he would be he would be a very good Pro Bowl caliber type quarterback. It's just in Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence gonna what's the cesspool there? Ask David Gerard. He wasn't <laughs> even good. <laughs> at five, at four, I got Trey Lance going to Atlanta. Five, I got Penny Pasta going to the Bengals. Kyle Pitts going to the Dolphins at six. Mac Jones going to the to the Lions at seven. Jamar Chase at eight going to uh, the Panthers. Nine, Micah Parsons. Tenth pick, the Cowboys being stupid as they always are. <laughs> Just like last year. Got a receiver that can't stop exactly. nobody. Devontae Smith going to the Cowboys. Jalen Waddle going to the Giants. J.C. Horn going to the Eagles. Rayshon Slater going to the Chargers. Christian Baymore going to the Barmore going to the Vikings and at fifteen, it's just that Bill Belichick can't help us up with defense. He's going to take Patrick. <laughs> Why would you not there? And that's how our mock draft is going. Um, real quick, Sean, were you looking forward to it, to the draft? And what are the things you feel like the Eagles need to leave the draft with? I'm just looking forward to not leaving the draft with a headache. Okay, 
Don't stress me out, Howie. That's all I'm looking forward to. I'm just trying to get through. Can't make no problems. I'm just trying to get through the draft. Okay. That's what that's that's what that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to just you know the I mean obviously gonna be the draft party. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the Eagles roll that situation out mm-hmm. the stadium. I don't think they've ever done the draft party inside the actual stadium. They're at the stadium and like they're like level where they have the little club area, but they never done it with people in the actual seats. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to Zach Ertz being traded so he can stop crying every two days. Um, and that actually might happen. You know, I'm looking. I, yeah, and I think the for what the Eagles need to come out of this draft with, they need to come out of the draft with at least three corners. I'm sorry. At least three. I I would I wouldn't be comfortable with them picking three because they, if they pick three corners outside of JC Horn, the other two might. There's probably going to suck. No, I I just can't. I'm not being fucking funny. I'm Avant, everything after Darius Slate is horrible. It is. Avante Max cannot play outside. It is horrible. Um, Strap is gone. He's a free agent. We didn't even sign him. Strap. Who the fuck is Strap? Pray me on the block, nigga. Oh, please. Shit. Please. <laughs> <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm saying, we need to we need to come out here with three corners. Two is like bare minimal. Like I will, I'll accept it, but three corners. Listen. So that's it. I don't trust how we do uh, the Earth trade. You pick three corners. <sighs> that is the run around with the Eagles again. The draft is this Thursday at eight o'clock. Is round one. Rounds two to three is on Friday. That is starting at seven o'clock, and then Saturday rounds four to seven, which is starting at noon. You can catch on ESPN and NFL Network, and all your other providers. Big fact. And at the end of the day, I mean, we won't see, we, we won't talk to y'all till the draft is. Done, and I guess depending on how it goes, next week's episode will either be a funeral or a celebration, be... either a funeral or a celebration. Let's say. <laughs> Speaking of funerals and non-celebrations, let's switch to uh, one of the cultural topics. We're talking about the Philadelphia Police Department said recently that the cop shortages, the cops are going down. So, amid growing calls for police reform and national debate over the deadly use of force. Police departments in Philadelphia are beyond our struggle to, to retain and attract officers. Law enforcement officials say across the region and nation, police officials and union leaders describe the state of recruiting as a crisis mode situation. It's a perfect storm. We are anticipating that the department is going to see be understaffed by several hundred members because hundreds of guys are either retiring or taking the jobs to leave the department. Mike Nelson said spokesperson for the Philadelphia Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 5. Um, right now, from January 1st through, th- to, through Thursday of last week, 79 police officers in Philadelphia have been accepted into the city's deferred retirement plan, according to the mayor's office. During the same time period last year, it was just 13 officers. So that's 13 people retired at this time in the city last year. Now it's 79 people. Could be growing. It could be 80 right now, because that was as of last week. The Philadelphia Police Department budget is for 6,380 officers, but they currently only have 6,112, leaving 268 vacancies and counting. Um, the New Jersey State Policeman Pat Cooligan said, every action has a reaction. When you vilify every police officer for every bad police officer's decision, people don't want to make take the job anymore. It's a difficult. It's been difficult trying to, in a difficult time, to put the badge on every day. There's a recruiting crisis. Haverford Township Police Chief Chief John Voyola says it's something that all departments have recognized. It's something that's going to get harder and harder. People don't want to do police. They don't want to do police anymore. It's a good job. It's a good paying job. But when you look at the national news every day, people just don't want to be officers. His own department in previous years would accept 200, 300 applicants. So far, they have only gotten 72. So, Sean, um, 
why do you think the police shortage is going down and across the country, especially and obviously specifically in this city, where at this point last year you had 300 advocates, now you only have 79. When you know things are going down, it's it is a good paying job. Obviously, we all know how the pensioning works and how much they get paid. Obviously, they get paid for what they would consider putting their lives in the line. Why do you think in the Philadelphia in this country the police numbers are just dropping? I think it's because they're scared of. Well, first, I want to talk about why a bunch of um, officers are, are looking to retire soon. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because they're scared of being held accountable to an extent. Mm-hmm. When, I mean, when, when you're used to something being ran a certain way and you see things uh, changing or not even really changing, just being put under a microscope a little more. You know, you, it changes things. It changes things. So I feel like that could that could be a part of it. I feel like uh, because of certain things that's that's happened in the past. Well, not but the the the, mo- the recent past. It's just it's hard. It's, yeah. it's it's hard. And I'm not and I'm not the type of person looking for a cop out. <laughs> well, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> it's for like for the for police officers, but. It's hard, and I know sometimes that you gotta be for uh, like forceful. I know sometimes you gotta you gotta be stern. Not sometimes you as a police officer you gotta be stern. You gotta you know you gotta walk head high, chest out, and you gotta you know per se like a per, portray a certain image. But it's not happening just in yeah. Philadelphia. It's happening in a bunch of cities across America. And it's I, I and most I wanted to say what I initially wanted to say was because they can't be racist anymore, but I feel like. I agree yeah. with you. If you said that, but I just feel like because they're being held, you got you you got to be you're getting a lot. Well, I'm not gonna say they're being held accountable because something you said to me off before we even started recording. Can out of hundreds, thousands of cop killings, only eight officers have actually been sent to jail. So, in the history, in the of, history of the country, so it's like not 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 like on the last couple of years, like right ever. So I guess when you see stuff like the guy Chauvin getting sentenced, sentenced and uh, uh, sentenced, I'm sorry. And uh, a, a couple, a few other officers, um, like mm-hmm. being like, like public, publicly, like on TV. This is like national news. So nobody wants to, nobody wants to, wants to, add, nobody wants the world to know that they're a jerk, that they're a jackass. So I feel like that's why. And I feel like it's so hard to when you can't go in. I feel like they, you can't. It's hard to go into a community that you're not from and try to police it there and not build relationships. You gotta. I can't come like. For instance, I'm not from Cherry Hill. I wasn't born and raised in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. So I, it, it wouldn't make sense for me to be able to go there and try to police that section or that area and not build, without building relationships. Because if I came and knocked on your door and said, hey, hey, Miss McLean, I'm Officer Carter. I'm going to be patrolling this area. If you ever see me, don't be afraid to say hi. Say hey. You might be like, oh, all right, whatever. But when you see me and if you're in trouble, I know him. Oh, I remember him. He. But if I'm a stranger and he's a stranger and it's like I'm white, you're black, you don't know you don't know what you're gonna get from me. So it's it's it's, it's hard, yeah. man. It's hard. And grant, I not understand that cops put their lives on the line every day, and that's not a small that's nothing to sneeze at. That's not a small thing. But I think when you uh, take a job like that, one of the things that has to come first is integrity. You gotta do the right things. Like you have to do the right things when nobody's watching. That's a part of taking a job. That's a part of taking a job, and you gotta yeah. hold your partners and your, your 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 coworkers accountable. If you see somebody doing something wrong, like yo, that's not cool. 
on the side of every police car it says serve and protect. And I feel like we don't get any of that. We don't get any of those things. We don't get any yeah. of that. Yeah. And like the reason I think I align with you when it comes to why they're retiring and why nobody's applying. One, um, not completely because you can never really be held accountable in a racist system, to be honest, because, you know, Angela Rye was on CNN last week and she said, we talk a lot about bad apples, talking about bad policing, about bad apples. But the problem is the way the system is set up, you can't hold the bad systems or the bad apples accountable because there's so many checks and balances. So do you see Derek Chauvin on TV and think, oh, that, that could be me? And you say, you know, let me get out the game. That's one thing. Similar to gener- the generational shift has changed. So one, I think there's a lot of racist cops, as we saw. They had a study to come out just yesterday that they found thousands of police officers in this country are all part of racist Facebook yep. groups. And again, when that study came out, shocker. But like, so you have the racist cops feeling like they can't do anything, which is insane to me. Because really, with their, when you say you can't do anything, you're saying I can't beat up niggas. Anymore, and that, right? yo, that's what that, we're talking it, about. We're not talking about giving speeding tickets. We're not talking about helping an old lady cross the street. We're not talking about going to a career day at the schools anymore. The only thing they feel like they can't do no more is use their aggression to yep. shoot niggas. Yep. Oh, if I can't do that. I'm and out. so when they, yeah. We're telling you literally don't murder anybody. You can do everything else as part of your job. You can you can investigate things. You can investigate robberies. You can, like I said, help the lady cross the street. You can pull me over when I'm going at 100 miles an hour, 25 mile per hour speed limit. But just be say, stop murdering. And then you we say, stop killing you know, people. And y'all start quitting. That just shows you what the system is. Then yep. also generationally, I think that when you look at why the military numbers are down, why people are having less children. <laughs> There's a generational shift, I feel like, in, like, we millennials down that there are other jobs besides being a cop. Well, you know, like, and I'll get to, we'll get to that later, but, like, how you visualize a cop now and how you visualize a cop when you're a child or my parents, my parents visualize a cop, that's a completely different image completely now. Different. You can't do it without thinking about Black Lives Matter, without thinking about the, the, the different killings al- along the way, people who died in police custody who Sandra Bland, who will never know the story of what really happened there. We know she got well, the cops and died. So like the tarnishment of the in, in the image. So I think the numbers are going down because generationally we have shifted to stop idolizing that role of evil versus good protector, town protector versus whatever. We recognize the system is not, you know, similar to how I talk about whiteness. When I say white people, I don't mean every single white person. I mean the system of whiteness, which is white supremacy, which is like, the systems in place po- po- policy, which is like the structures that uphold supremacy of white people that this country is built mm-hmm. upon. Not like you down the street. Oh, I have to but calm down, mm-hmm. Brad. When I say policing, I don't mean that there are no good police officers. I'm saying the, the system is the same priority built up where they over-police black and brown people, where they sweep under the rug heinous crimes. I mean, Derek Chauvin has killed eight people before he killed the guy he's going to jail for. Wow. What? Wow. And just hear that. Like, let that sink in. Like, that's that, what you mean by the bad yeah, like, system. That's crazy. He also beat up a 14 year old kid and knelt on his back for 18 minutes previously. So, we're talking about the bad system and the bad apples. And I think generationally, we'll, we're seeing what that means to us as a millennials, what it means to Generation Z, which is like, I don't mm-hmm. want to be part of that. This guy, you probably heard of him. I'm pretty sure you probably did. The guy, Sean King. Uh, he, yeah. um, Something he always says is like uh, uh, that a, a lot of people give him a, a a lot of pushback on is abolish the police, like like defund the police. 
And a lot of people always say that, how are you going to def- defund the police? Like, what are you going to do? What's the alternative? If you defund the police, then what? Well, I agree with them. But when, when I, when I say, I think about like, start over, start over. Something I said to you before it came, when we, before we started recording, if the foundation is bad, you, it's, it's a, it's a, you're going downhill anyway. Cause if the foundation is bad, the house is going to fall apart. Build it. We need a new foundation. Yeah. We need a new foundation. You got to start over. The police system even it was started. We started from slavery. They out to catch slaves, not even slaves. Correct. Catch people. Catch yeah. runaway slaves. So it's like, if, and then catch black people who do, just to do the quota. Just for your quota. So if like if the, that's what we standing on, yeah, the, the that's quota, how we got started. We started standing on that. You got to start that over. You got to start that over. We doing. We was doing from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I mm-hmm. stand behind that. Whole you built. You built your. You built system. your system of white supremacy. Oh, yeah, the whole system. And you know, I gotta say. Fuck Sean King because he's a scammer and a piece of shit. No, I don't, I but don't know about to the all point that. of what Sean's saying, <laughs> yeah, he is. He's hundred percent is. Um, he's a piece of shit. But <laughs> I do say, but <laughs> to the point about the funding the police, I agree. If your system is built on supremacy, which is why, like, when people talk about the Constitution of this country or whatever, the Declaration of Independence, whatever, that was all built on white supremacy. Right. It's the same thing with policing. If it was built on the structure of policing black people. And we're sitting in 2021 and black people are still being over-policed. Your system is identical. Your system was built on policing black people. You're still doing it. You're still over-policing us in rapid numbers. You're still murdering us in rapid numbers. So it's been hundreds of years and the foundation is identical. And I think I I shifted onto this when I was talking earlier. I was talking about um, the generational shift because I was talking to you and I'm like, well, that's this term copaganda that we, that people have created in the community of how we've idolized cops through the years. I mean, people grown up on old Westerns with the sheriff badge and stuff like that. We've all seen like, you know, like I told you, like, yo, about these, these cop stories. And I think that like, it's done when I was a kid, all the cops are the good guys. All cops are the good guys. If you have a problem, you talk, go tell a cop at this age that I'm in now, I'm not calling a police. So that's like, it's a, I remember one time I was out with somebody and a murder a situation happened. And it's my, one of my, well, one of the people I knew said, what you going to call the cops for? So you can stand around and ask questions? They don't Real do anything. Real right. <laughs> and like that never left me. They are the aftermath effect. So when you talk about defunding the police in a sense of, we're not, there are things in a lot of these instances that the, instead of being de-escalators, there have been escalators. We can see the, the shooting that happened in Minnesota two weeks ago. When the, or even the, with the girl, the 13 year old girl who, 15? Yeah, yeah. who had the knife. Yeah. Like, why How was is your it first that reaction you came into the situation to pull your gun out? And made it more fatal than it yeah. was. I mean, you're, you, you, they escalate, they escalate violence. I mean, these instances, you're, you never de escalate. Mm-hmm. You are the escalator of violence. And so I feel like the funding the police were talking about abolishing, like someone said, create a new system. And there's also things that cops just shouldn't be involved in. You have a lot of these shootings. I saw like two years ago, there was a person who was on the spectrum and he put his hands up and cops don't know how to talk to people with mental nope. illness. You had a, a coach who was, who's out there with a person on, on spectrum. He put his hand, and he still got shot, yep. put his hands up that, that army guy, you think you're being belligerent. Like you don't respond command. They don't know how to talk to people. They're so hyper. All they know is force and how they interact mm-hmm. with people. How I view police as a kid is completely different about how I view police now. That's a lot of things. How I view this country as a kid is a lot completely. different. Than, like, I used to say the national anthem. I don't say that shit. I'm, I don't even know think I know it anymore. <laughs> so, like, I forgot. If you ask me to sing the national so, anthem like, right now, I'm be like... I, I will never pledge allegiance to the flag again. So, like, 
which I think is st- crazy fucking uh, probably. Why would you be yeah, fucking allegiance exactly. every day? Every day. Yo, we did that every itself. morning. Stood up in class, <laughs> put my hand over my heart, looked up at it, had a flag over the loudspeaker. Look at look at this and we said patriot flag. Like, <laughs> Pledge allegiance. I know I'm American. I don't it's not like if I don't say it today, I'm gonna forget. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, so uh, to me, my concept of what police are, you know, you you have these like NYPD blues. When I was older, you have all these well, younger. You have obviously law and order, and they just show cops so they get gun. They're doing it. They're doing this. But what we're talking about when you talk about policing, they're also responsible for thousands of deaths, and they don't show that on the mm-hmm. TV. They don't show the racial systems on the TV. They don't show that the in most cities. 50,000 backlog log for rape kids. Yep. They don't show the, you know, like everything else. Everything on media and TV is just the good guys versus the bad guys. And really, like, as we're seeing now, the bad guys are some of y'all. The bad guys stormed the Capitol. Those were cops, mm-hmm. some of them. The, the cap, some of the Capitol police let the people come in there. And let them come in. We're having conversations so, with them. When I talk to my friends of other racists, they have a completely different idea what cops are. Like, when I, the building I work in is a, is a my nine to five, my primary job, there is police stationed at my job. There's a cop there every morning because years ago, I guess at that building, uh, one of the clients, it's a therapy center, had a mm. gun. And so now the, the police, Philly police stationed a the guy there at the front desk. It doesn't matter how I interact with this person. They, I walk in every day, good morning, good morning. It's different ones. Like every two weeks, they switch up the, their, their, like, the, the yeah. guy is. Then they could be sitting and looking at, looking at sports center on their phone. Like, oh, yeah, the Sixers last night. I still tense up. I tense up every day I walk into yeah. work. It doesn't matter if he said to me, oh, Embiid had a good game the night the day before. I still know this is a cop with a gun. There's there's nothing that's going to take that. When I walk through Center City to get to work, my work is next to City Hall, and there's cops every day every morning. When I walk past the cops, I'm not even making eye contact. This is my inherent default setting, and it's a default setting of a lot of black people. You get pulled over by the cops for a speeding ticket. You straighten up. You're, it's the most anxiety-ridden, tense moment of our yep. lives. Just for what you think is a traffic situation. I never walk past the cops on tense. I never consider calling them as I need a fucking cop. And I feel anxiety just being around any cop. Man, I got I got and pulled so over. And so if you ever think it'll be a scenario. I got pulled over a couple of weeks ago, and I called it. Like I, called, I rolled past the cop. I wasn't even speeding or nothing. I was chilling. The window was down. I wasn't. I mean, I was chilling. So drove past him and as soon as I drove past him, we like made eye contact because I looked in and he looked and we like make eye contact and as soon as that happened as soon as we made eye contact I was like he gonna pull me over I knew he was gonna pull me over <laughs> exactly. yep. and sure enough he did he pulled me over I mean thank God I didn't die <laughs> but he pulled me over yeah. um, for no reason and as, as, as I'm telling the story you can see I did nothing wrong I wasn't speeding I was driving down a one way street so I couldn't be going but so fast he pulled me over and Ask me where were you heading to? Oh, you was you was moving a little fast. That's why I stopped you. I wasn't moving fast. I was moving slow enough to look at your car and slow enough for you to see who I was. But I was moving too fast. All right. He didn't give me a ticket. He didn't. He didn't shoot me. But he felt the need. He seen a black man driving. He felt the need to pull me over. (laughs) And these are things we just deal with on a a daily basis. I don't know if it will ever be to the question like will there ever be a situation of bridge between policing and the black community because the, like we talked about the foundation of it is on white supremacy what we understand policing to be in this culture is they disproportionately kill black people they over police us in our communities they're extremely violent violent like i said like with Sean's mission racially targeted stops me and Sean i don't 
I'm thinking, you know, the story, my, Tyler got a gun pulled to his hand by the cops mm-hmm. in Nebraska. Yeah. They pulled a gun on him. For, uh, and it wasn't even, then they claimed that it was because, uh, you know, oh, the license plate number, we put the wrong license plate number in by one digit, and it, we, it was supposed to be another person. You pull your gun out. So you're telling me they came to my cousin's car with a gun and they put it to his head. I don't trust anything you, like the police. They can't be, they cannot no. be trusted. In what reality, Sean, if you have a license plate, and let's say my license plate is 1234F, they're claiming they pulled Tyler over 1234Z. Mm-hmm. So you put 1234Z instead of 4F in the system. A car with the same color, make, model as Tyler's car came up in the system. That's how it, it would have had to be that way. 4F has to be the same color, same car, same make, same year. For that to make any sense. Come on. Yep. You saw a black kid out. You decide to pull him over. And they pull you over. And then once they realize, oh, they got to tell me some bullshit like, oh, we actually oh, we put the wrong digit in. So somebody has the same as that color, car, model, years, my cousin. It, like, with one the, the same license plate number as one digit off. Like, in the dog, same you town. You put a gun out on me. <laughs> like, what kind? That's a, you can't draw out. That's to be an excuse. You put a you gun out. You can't draw out. You had, like, you was ready to kill him. Like, you put a gun out. Over. And you, oh, my fault. We had the wrong license plate. Like, what? That's stuff I mean, like that saw, is unacceptable. The, stuff yeah. like that is unacceptable. All of these body cams, all these body cams, even down to George Floyd's body cam, they came out with the guns. You got called for a $20 fraudulent bill. In what reality, even in that reality, do you come up to George Floyd's car with a gun pointed at his atom? Over a $20 fake bill? Over Why is guns drawn a thing? And then they said the guy that even that, that made the call about the fake twenty dollar bill, he said, "If I knew this would have happened, I'd have never called the police." Because if I knew he's going to lose his life behind that, yeah. I'd have never called the police. It's like you think so you, I don't he called the police are, thinking yeah. I'm doing the right thing. Like these guys is trying to pay buy some with fake money. Let me call the police. I'm doing the right thing. Call the authorities. Authorities come take him away and deal with him. Y'all coming killing. This, like we said, unless you abolish it and recreate That's a system where say. there's actual accountability, where there's no impunity for you, where you actually get hold to task for the things you do. Because in my job, Sean, if I if I fuck up, let alone kill somebody, I'm getting fired or I'm going to jail. How is it that this job I can fuck up endlessly because I'm backed by a union? I can kill people in mass. Like Sean, if you fuck up crazy at your job, you're getting I'm fired. Done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. This is the like this is insane how they can do the worst thing ever, which is take, take somebody's somebody. life, and they can go to administrative leave and then come back to work. The people who killed Breonna Taylor are at work yep. right now. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm not. I'm because I can literally talk all all day and night. Yeah, because like, yeah, we can yeah. all day. But I'm just like until you fix, like she said, like Angela Rice said. The bad app, the, the system doesn't actually root out the bad system or the bad apples. Until you fix that, until your system is not predicated on the, the deaths of black, brown bodies, the overpolicing of black and brown bodies, until your culture of torture, until your culture of impunity, until you are stop being the aggressor, until these racially targeted stops, until you weed out all the things that embed in us distrust in our community, we will never trust Ever. the police. I never call the police for anything. I, you, you, want something, you know what's something sick that I said to, after that fourth, that girl what? got killed by the cops last week? I said she was better off getting jumped by these yep. grown women. She was. She'd she be alive. She literally would be. <laughs> a lot of these crimes, 
when you're calling the police for, like to help you out, you are better off just getting jumped than calling Take the police. Because at least you'd be Take alive. It's literally that's it's crazy. It's crazy. Michelle literally tells her sons when things like if something goes wrong at home, don't call the cops. Call me first. And then if I tell you to call the cops, then yeah. you call the cops. Call me first. There it yeah. is. And these are her children. We can these are her children. Yep. If somebody's banging it, trying to get in the door and you don't know what to do, call me. Don't call the cops first. Call me first. <laughs> like, and that's crazy to have to. That's you what I'm saying. Teach your kids to, don't call the police first unless I tell you to. If I can't handle it, mm-hmm. then we'll take that route. But call me first. I'm your first call. That's insane to have to have to do that. And that's not even like a. Oh, I just kind of I told him that because that was strategic. She said I told them that because I don't want them. She said I can't imagine my kids having a, a unfair inter- interaction with a police officer, and I'm not there, or I don't know about. It. Like I want if my kids mm-hmm. talk to the cops, I have to be there, and don't say nothing till I come. And it's not it's not a dramatic thing, and it's not like oh, it's a rare thing. Like that's how in the community we all operate. We've seen was it months ago there was, a, there was a stop. The family actually was attacked. One stop in which the family called it because they were actually getting burglarized. The cops came and arrested the family. They called the cops on them. There was another scenario where there was a black family and they also had like were robbed or whatever. And then they had a ten year old in handcuffs in the back seat. He, this this family was the victim. They put a ten year old in handcuffs. So she's like completely accurate in the sense of like they have and they were saying they were doing it because to keep the control of the situation because the kids were whatever. What are you talking about? That that and they had that teenage girl who like kind of like she was true or something like that. They put they slammed her to the ground. Like they don't know. It's like what the fuck. It's they're like doing. they do whatever they and they feel like they have the right to do whatever they want to do it. And they they think they operate as if they are the law. You aren't the law. You're there to uphold the law to enforce the law. Yeah, you're not serve and protect. Yes, you're not the law. <laughs> just because and the military got his hands out because you just weren't listening to me. And you feel like some somebody is dissing yeah. you. You're gonna pepper spray this guy in the like military. He wasn't being disrespectful. It, yeah, it's, it's not it's not even about people like, oh, comply. How people complied? George Floyd complied. Yep. Sandra Bland complied. She was put in the back of the police store. Like, we comply, we get killed. We don't comply, and you're what you people believe to be compliant, we get killed. So what the fuck is the difference? The 13-year-old kid, the, the 13-year-old Latino kid who put his hands up in a the video, they put the body came out two weeks ago. He has hands up, he gets murdered. He was standing in front of a gate, right? Yeah, yeah, he put his hands that. up. That's compliance. He still was he still was shot, and then they didn't find no gun. Yep. So there's a policing problem. So I'm sorry, I'm not gonna speak for Sean, but for the fly zone, I don't care that the numbers are going down. I don't give a fuck yeah, about much attention. You can speak anymore. for me. I don't care either. <laughs> I don't care about your numbers going down. I don't care about nothing. And until they until they redo the system in which, um, they can have a situation where we're not just here to protect and serve the non-black and brown people. I'm not with that at system. All. At so, all. We'll get to the Bulletin Bar, which is the last segment of the show. We're doing the latest news going on in the city. Um, there are bike lane improvements going on in the city because um, on Monday, the city began work on new bike lane improvements across the city just days after a woman was fatally struck while riding, riding her bike near the art museum. The Philadelphia Shoes Department is start, starting work on this week to improve the sixth bike lane hub in hopes of improving bike safety in the city streets. A 74-year-old woman was struck and killed on her bike Saturday morning by a driver. Police say the victim tried to cross the traffic lane. Cyclists say the area around the art museum, like the circle, and the area off Spring Garden Street is really tricky to navigate. That is hard to navigate, what by is? the way. That area, the art museum circle. I've never ridden that on my bike, but 
not to get too historically, when Benjamin Franklin designed Philadelphia, he designed it to be a mode of France. This is why our parkway is just like the Champs-Élysées in Paris. I ridden my bike there, and I was in fucking fear for my life because <laughs> I was like, you're just riding in traffic. You're in it, uh, the circle around the art museum is identical to one, to one near Champs-Élysées in France. And I, read, I read, and I was like, you have to stay on the outside. Then you have to merge inside. Then you have to merge on the outside. So you just end fucking traffic. Like, it's the most bizarre shit. And if you miss your turn to get off, you got to start cycling around the big-ass circle again because you just fucked. You just got to keep going <laughs> until you, like, get enough strength to put your arm out and to weave your way through traffic to get, to get off. So they're talking about the Spring Garden ramp when you go up past the art museum. Like, if you come in from where, like, the flags are, you go around the circle, around the circle, and the spring garden is around there. Like, if you're in the bike lane coming in there, there's still people who can go straight to Kelly Drive, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Pass Art Museum yeah. that way. So you either, have to, you either weave around that, stay within the lanes, because it's no longer a bike lane anymore, because you understand. The circle's still going. Kelly Drive people are coming here. People can go to Kelly Drive that way. The Art Museum is right here. You keep going around spring mm-hmm. gardens that way up. So you have to navigate around the people coming off the other part of the parkway, people who are going straight towards Kelly Drive, people who are going on right to try to go right past where the right is the Rocky statue is on that side and try to I get up there. And you I have would, to do all I this. I don't even try to ride through some shit like that. I would, I'm not riding my bike through there. <laughs> That's crazy. In Europe, there's so many cyclists that they just they just give cyclists the right away because everybody cycles there, so it's not a crazier situation. But this is a city and this is America, yeah. so... That's crazy. Speaking of a city, Center City Sips is oh, it's not happening this year, yeah, people. That's, that's crazy. For a second year in a row, the coronavirus has forced the cancellation of City Center City Sips. The weekend happy hour promotion that will, will begin on June usually has a hundred plus bars and restaurant. The city said the continuing uncertainty about when Philadelphia restaurants and bars will be permitted to fully open indoors, as well as current health and safety guidelines limiting the number of people who can safely gather in public spaces. So once again, two years in a row, Center City of Sips um, will not be in Philadelphia. That sucks. Sips used to pop. That, we ain't surprised, not though. Not at all. Speaking of Sips and restrictions, the restaurant restrictions have, were changed as of Friday. Thomas Fairley, the Philadelphia Health Commissioner, announced that restaurants can now allow outdoor dining 50%, 50 patients and more. Also, you can sit at the bar now, which we couldn't do anymore. You can now sit at bars. Um, do you feel bar I'm a lot sorry. of restaurants can I ask you a Do you feel what? comfortable do, this show, show, doing show those show things off. though? Yeah, I know they opened it up to say, "Oh, y'all could." Absolutely, I'm vaccinated. I don't care. All right, well, you vaccinated for somebody for a person who isn't. If you weren't vaccinated, <laughs> rather, if you weren't vaccinated, no, I wouldn't live. I wouldn't leave my house. Because <laughs> I just feel like I, I, I just feel like it's the, still in the last three months before I got the vaccine. In the last three, four months before I got the vaccine, I probably went to maybe four or five restaurants. That's a that's a restaurant a month. So no, I wouldn't. Have, I didn't wasn't comfortable yeah, doing I, that. And I asked you that, and that was only when they were doing the restrictions of housing. Oh right, I I asked you that because I just feel like it's, yeah. just, it's still too. I feel like the numbers are going up. I know a lot more people with COVID than I did when it first hit. Like right now, a lot more people. I feel like well because of spring break because of that's not. Odd spring bake happened. People left. They went on vacation. People were you so you go on Instagram story. See people. How many people are at the beach? How many people go on vacation? They come back positive. But, but these um, people I'm had, talking about, it's warmer. It's warmer weather. These people I'm talking about aren't those people. They, these people that have been quarantining. 
they but they come go, in contact with people. I mean, sure, everybody come in contact with somebody. It's an air transmission virus. No, I know, it's a transmission I know virus through the air. I know, airborne. but I'm saying the numbers are even. They're going. They're getting high. They're opening up as if they're going lower, and I feel like they're getting higher. Um, I mean, they're not opening up more. I mean, they said you can sit at a bar. I mean, they're not saying whatever, but the numbers are getting higher because it's warmer. As we know, an airborne virus will travel in the air more frequently because it's an airborne virus. And in warmer temperatures, because of warmer temperatures, people are, have been at Fairmont Park. They've been walking around K Drive. They've been picnicking. When it's warmer weather, people who feel like they've been trapped for a year, they come out more. They do more shit. They get a text from Sean, oh, we're oh, we going to the bar. Are we going here? And he said, we can't miss out because we sat on our asses for a year. For a year. And then what they do, they carry the virus. But just like that famous meme of a year ago when a guy was arguing with a woman, he said, it's above me now. That's no longer my concern because I can't get it or transmit it. So I guess the people who can, good luck to y'all. I'm at the bar. Anyway. Uh, mm, I think it's too Mask soon. and social distance protocols. They're not opening anything, which is why they can't, they, they haven't opened anything up more. Center City Sips got canceled because they're not opening things up more. But I would tell you, and again, I'm not here to dictate if you get vaccinated or not. I hope you do, but if you don't, I'm not going to yell at you. They are not looking at COVID-positive cases to open up anymore. When people are sitting there talking about, well, how can we can't do this? Why Center City Sips is closed down? The city of Philadelphia and every city in America, they're not operating on COVID cases. They're operating on vaccination rates. They don't care who the fuck gets it anymore or the numbers at all. They used to be before they were like, okay, this is how people have COVID. The numbers are in quarantine. We're going to that. Every city in America under the Biden administration, they want to get them to 85% vaccination percentages. If we don't hit the 85%, they won't open up anything fully. So it's not even about, it's like I said, they cancel center state of SIPs because they're not opening anything. They're letting people sit at a bar. That's the only thing. The, the capacity is still kept at 25%. We won't have full stadiums here. We won't ha- You won't have these bars open back up. None of these lounges open up back up until you get the vaccination rate to 85% or more. It's very hard to do in a populated city like this because people, for various reasons, won't get it. They take the population of the city versus how many people are vaccinated. We're right now at 46%. So we are, at by this pace, another year of no people at the stadium fully, another year of... 25% capacity at restaurants. Now the year of that, we're never going to get to fully open because they don't care about positive rates anymore. They're just looking at how many people be vaccinated this week. How many people is people vaccinated? Which is why you get these phone calls of, oh, you can get an appointment today or not. So until we get 85%, we won't be opening up anything. So it's not, like you said, it's too, it appears too soon, but you still can't go to the Sixers game and have full capacity. You still won't be able to, the Eagles will not have full capacity to stay this year. Um, Restaurants will still be at 25% capacity. You are not going to be out there at like crazy as, the, you know, that's it. Like Morgan's Pier just reopened opened up. They're, they're stuck to 25% and they will be all summer. Again, good luck to everybody. It's not my problem anymore. They said, they said I got to wear a mask anymore today. The CDC said vaccine people don't even got to wear a mask. And they're also, I can travel, yeah, I can travel to France. I'm gone. <laughs> Y'all have fun with that. The next Ryan Bulletin board, um, oh yeah, Philly Th- Theater Week running through, and it's $15, $13 person or pay what you for performances. And two good things, shout out to, I told Sean about it, uh, Kayla Brown, Southwest Philadelphia, student of Bowdoin, she received the um, Gates Scholarship from Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates. This week, $2 million in scholarship money. This 18-year-old girl from Southwest Yes, sir. Shout out to you, shorty. Going to several students nationwide, a 5.2 GPA. That's cooking mm-hmm. right there. 
like <laughs> um you like really like school was <laughs> <laughs> really like the best um also local black owned black content bookstore harry's bookshop raised seventy five thousand dollars mm. this woman um Janine Cook, who owns Harriet's bookstore, named after Harriet Tubman, they were seventy five thousand dollars this week because she wanted to buy the her location. She was tired of renting it, and so she started to go fund me this week in the city of Philadelphia. She raised enough money to buy the entire property, three hundred thousand dollars in Fishtown. So she's good, and she said she needed her own space. She said, "Right now we rent for a Venice business owner. Renting is a form of sharecropping. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing people to this space and into the neighborhood. I'm paying. Ta- I'm paying taxes. But this is not something I own." That I can pass off to my children. I want to own it, and she did it. So Harriet Bookshop at two hundred fifty eight East Gerard Avenue. She now owns that building. Congratulations! <laughs> so that's some bu- that's Harriet Bookshop. Bookshop. I love that. Yep. I love that. Shout out. What's her name yep. again? Her um, name? her name is Janine Cook, and she owns Harriet Bookshop. Yeah, Janine. Ha- Janine Cook. Shout out to you, sis. And she owns Harriet Bookshop seventy five k. She got her. She got her three hundred thousand dollars gold. She now owns that building, like she said. That paying rent is a fair form of sharecropping, and now she can pass it to her children, and that's her building. Yeah, I love it. I so love that. I'm gonna f- finish the bulletin board with shout out to her and shout out to Kayla for that Gate scholarship. Black people, we winning y'all. Making history, we winning y'all. As we always do. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so, so that's a good note to end it on. Again, um, that we're six Sixers. We're chugging along. Eleven games to the end. We got the draft coming up. We will have draft reactions. Oh, yeah. We're going to be at the draft party. We'll figure out how we're going to do it. And p- policing is going down, but my ha- our happiness is going up. <laughs> Believe it. The bulletin board says, no sips. Head on a swivel when you're riding a bike in the city. Head on a swivel while you're riding a bike. So they figure it out. Keep your head on a <laughs> swivel on a because swivel. God damn. <laughs> that young scholar and Janine Cook for Harriet Bookstore. Congratulations. Congratulations to your Keep doing your thing, ladies. Yeah, queens. Uh, once again, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Candace R. McLean. I gotta say R because there's a racist white woman named Candace McLean, and I is it? Believe. It's not messaging me. Wow. On, yeah, it's a racist white Canadian woman. Same first name, same last name, spelled exactly wow. the same. She lives in Canada. You keep messaging me on LinkedIn. You wrote a book, I, <laughs> and you're a racist or old white woman. So again, I'm one of your hosts. Not that Candace yeah. McLean. Candace R. McLean. <laughs> Saying shout out. I'm joining. Just want to connect, Carter. Y'all have to stay safe right here. Peace. Peace.